They may sound nuts, but so did the Wright brothers. Now, here's Flieger and Briggs. Welcome into an all-new episode of It's Just Sports here on the 12 Ounce Sports Network. Check out everything 12 Ounce Sports has going on over at 12OunceSportsNetwork.com, at 12OZ Sports on the tweeters, and of course you can follow your boys at Asylum Football on Twitter and It's Just Sports 123 gmail, at gmail.com. Rick, it continues. It, it hit me hard finally this weekend missing sports. I'd kind of even wrap my head around the NCAA tournament, but as we entered, what, week three now with nothing, absolutely nothing, it finally started to get to me here. I'm going nuts. Yeah, it tends to do that, Rick. We are Flieger and Briggs. It's, it's just sports, and there's not much sports around to be – you know, being just sports. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of a we use that as a title of our our show. It's just sports. We you know don't get excited about it, but you know, when it's gone, I mean, it, it's really significant. And uh, yeah, we're practicing safe broadcasting yet again. I'm in Studio A, Rick's in Studio B, and um, yeah, Rick, I I don't know what to tell you. There's just other than the NFL activity, there's nothing to talk about. Well, and here's a, a unpleasant discovery I've made about myself in the course of this. So, so I know you, Rick, pretty well. And this weekend, you are brewing your own beer. You know, I know you actually read and you like watch the news and all this weird old man stuff. As this thing drags on, I am finding out that my only interest on this planet is sports. I, I don't watch the news. I don't have any hobbies. I don't. I, I don't read. I don't do anything. I watch sports and I talk about sports. I mean to tell you, man, I got nothing. I didn't realize that that was my entire identity is wrapped around sitting on my fat tookus watching sports all day. That's all I do. Yeah, there, there's a word for that, Rick. It's called pathetic. I think, um, I think it is. It's uh, it, Literally, no, I, mean, I have no I other out. hobbies. You're absolutely right. I went out yesterday or I guess, what is this, Monday at Saturday. You know, I brewed up a new batch of a, of a you know, a, a type of a brew that I haven't brewed in, in years and cleaned out the garage yesterday fertilize and pre-emerge my yard yesterday i um you know took stuff to the dump i sat on the deck and drank i mean you know i have plenty of hobbies and i feel sorry for you for being simple and pathetic i i, I got nothing rick that is so all <laughs> i did is i redid studio b is brand new i redid as we start to work towards and, trying I, and to- quite frankly not to interrupt but i, I am very impressed you know we we hooked up via, you know, the video Skype and everything, and you pass it around the phone. I mean, I was very impressed. So compliments coming back and forth are not frequent to people who don't know us <laughs> too well. So, you know, this is this is really something because I, I was impressed with what you got done. So, again, all I did this weekend, other than some uh, stepping and fetching for the warden, you know what I mean, was I watched old NCAA tournament games and redid this studio so I could talk about sports. It's a weird moment of self-discovery that maybe I need to take up knitting or or something, do something else, maybe read a book. That's all I do. I guess that's right. The show show title's apropos, right? It's just sports, (laughs) especially for me. 
All right, exactly. Ev- everybody, all anybody talks about is the the virus, and, and you you can get that anywhere, and, and we'll just we'll we'll talk about sports. But there's one thing, Rick's been rattling through my pea brain today. As you see more and more, you saw the the president yesterday extend the uh, social distancing thing, you know, through the end of April, and more and more states, Maryland, Virginia, today going on full lockdown. And it isn't it isn't a political thing. This isn't anything. But thing something I was wondering as an Amer as Americans, how long do you think? People are going to to be willing to do this. I think everybody right now feels like, you know, you're kind of you're doing your civic duty. This is the best thing to do. It's the safest thing for you and your family and your community and the in the country and the world at large. I think most people, you know, over the age of 23 are, are buying into that. But is there a tipping point for this at some point? I'm honestly wondering. That, I don't know if I'm afraid of Armageddon or riots, but it, there's got to be a point, right, which Americans aren't going to put up with this anymore. Well, excuse me, from from a, I don't know, like a a big picture standpoint, you know, I I agree with you. How long can it go before, okay, the people out of work don't have any jobs to go back to because the place they work for didn't survive and are gone and so forth. And you start devolving into a a, a big recession or, or shall I even say a depression. But as far as, you know, these people, and you see it out on, you know, with all the social media on Twitter and everything, still gathering because we're bored or we wanted to see this. Well, you know what? Sometimes things get a little tough. And pardon me. I think, do you need to get tested, Rick? I'm getting concerned. No, I, I, I just need actually to... Um, Seven know, more beers, throat. will that fix it? That, well, that may, that may help. But no, getting back to that, the, the whole idea that putting up with it, I mean, this is a country that came through the Depression and then right after the Depression it was World War II and so forth. A lot more serious and long-term consequences from those two events i mean yeah they will put up with it whether it's forced on them or they agree to it if you know what i mean well that- sooner or later sooner or later they're going to pay the piper if this stuff just get, keeps getting around and it turns into another spanish flu thing right and that's what i'm wondering about the forced to aspect of it look i don't think it's going to get there i i just think it you have so many competing philosophies here. And one thing I'm more than tired of, you mentioned Twitter. I've basically had to turn that off. We're not going to have anybody left we're following because everybody who goes on some political or moral rant about this thing, I've been unfollowing and blocking like a madman. I, I have <laughs> I to stay too, off yep. it. I, I can't take it anymore. So, you know, as you look at that, but what I'm, I'm tired of, and then we'll get off of this, is is the virtue, virtue signaling with all all this everybody telling you how good a job they're doing a social distancing and what an awful human being you are and here's my problem with it it always starts with this right I went to the grocery store, I went to the park, I went here, I went there, and I couldn't believe all the people that were out. Nobody's adhering to this. Everybody's out and about. We're all going to die because of your selfishness, forgetting the fact that said, I am privy to this information because I was out. So, so, And I think that's where um, 
we we run into a problem as a country when you have all these people and everybody lives in this dumb social media world. When you start getting lectured to, so the, so the message kind of keeps changing, and that's going to happen. These are unprecedented times. Eventually, these doctors and everybody in charge will get their arms around what they need to do and what's going to work. But you keep lecturing people that you know that your very existence at this point is, is awful. The, the people are going to start to push back, and I think that's kind of what you see with the teenagers and the twenty-year-olds saying, "Quit lecturing me, old man." Like I say to you all the time, "Quit lecturing me, old man." Yeah, you, you know what I mean. It's just I'm so tired of that. I was at the grocery store. There was fifty people there. Those fifty people ought to be shot. But you know, I, I got to yeah, go to the grocery br- store. <laughs> and you you bring up social media exactly. I saw actually a tweet today, and I can't remember. This is just this is not verbatim. We're just paraphrasing. But I risk my health to deliver these groceries, a picture of them to some old lady who's a neighbor who couldn't get out. And, you know, I, my personal health doesn't mean anything as long as she's taken care of hashtag kindness, hashtag this. Look, if it's all just coming from your heart, you don't need to photograph it. You don't need every, right. the world to know how great you are. Exactly. And so just zip it. You know, <laughs> it, it, it it's I don't need to hear this. I mean, if you're sitting around bragging how great you are, unless you're Muhammad Ali, then you're really not. I got to hit the button. Rick can't hear the soundboard, but I got to hit the Muhammad Ali. I'm a bad man sounder. All right, Rick. Well, we say it's just sports. We're 10 minutes into the show and haven't mentioned sports yet. So so let's get to that. I, I think, Rick, let's start out sort of as a leftover from our conversation last week where we were grading NFL free agency. Again, nothing, nothing much has happened in the sports world. But I think, you know, we didn't talk about – I think the biggest moves is new quarterbacks in new places, you know, some fairly – good starting quarterback still available and I think we missed the biggest one Rick it's gonna look weird it sounds weird just to say it it's obviously the biggest one Tom Brady in Tampa Bay how's this thing where is this is this uh Joe Namath moving on at the end of his career or is this a a legend going into a good offense and in putting them over the top I think it's probably closer to the latter, quite frankly, because I, I don't think Tom Brady, yes, he's diminished. He's older. We all know that. He, he Nobody at 43 or 44 or whatever he's going to be come the season is going to be the same when you're 25 or 6, obviously. But let's not forget that this is a team that had a quarterback that led the league in passing yardage has Bruce Arians as a head coach who has coached Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Andrew Luck, Carson Palmer, um, Drew Stanton to a winning record. Um, I think he kind of just took the training wheels off of Jameis Winston last year and said, go for it. It, it. And was evaluating this guy. I don't think he really had any plans that Jameis Winston wouldn't be a Buccaneer in 2020 and that Tom Brady would be his quarterback. I think Bruce Arians and Tom Brady will probably get along just fine. The offense will click. They've got a ton of weapons, and it's very possible. I I look to them to be the division winner. 
as far as how far they go in the playoffs, I'm not sure. There's still good teams in the NFC. Let's let's not kid ourselves. But I tell you what, this is a veteran quarterback. He's smart. He still has skills. He's never run, so that's not a big issue. I mean, we don't have to really worry so much about that because the protection is eh, not as good as New England, I don't believe, but it's still Tom Brady. You breathe on him, there's going to be a flag, right? Right. So, so I, I, I don't know. I think Tampa Bay is closer to what you said as being over the top as just being a Joe Namath with two knee braces going to the Rams. So by saying that then, you know, are you of the belief? We don't, this is going to sound like this is an absolute. It's not meant to be that. You, you know where I'm going. So right. does that say that in your mind, the, the latter half of the 2019 season, Tom Brady that we saw that looked old, that, that looked a little overwhelmed, was that more about the Patriots and the lack of weapons then and, and less about Tom Brady? Because, look, anybody for the last six years who's predicted the sort of the downturn, the demise of Tom Brady has looked like a fool, and, and I've been one of them the last two or three, and, and I've looked like a fool. I wonder, I was really swayed last year. So are you of the belief that these additional weapons, these much better weapons than there is in New England, admittedly, make Tom Brady, Tom Brady again? Um, I think it's a, a bit of a combination, if you know what I mean. Yes, he diminished, especially at the end of last year, because he was continued to be relied on to be the savior of that team. I mean, the defense carried him the first half of the year, and then when offenses started catching up a little bit, he had to do too much with too little. I don't think that's so much the case hey, in in Tampa Bay. You look at Drew Brees, still has plenty of weapons. It's not Drew Brees is, is 100% on to save the day. All You know, they can still run the football and so forth. The Tampa Bay defense is not that bad. I mean, I, I think it's certainly comparable, I guess, to the New England defense. Um, especially towards the end of the year, number one in rushing. A lot of people kind of dis dismiss that as, well, you know, number one in rushing defense isn't that big of a deal anymore. Well, we still see teams in the Super Bowl that run the football. Oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, it, that is very important. they still got a good defense. They've got a ton of weapons on offense. I think it's just going to be a nice meld quite frankly, of the receivers will help Brady and vice versa. Yeah, I, I want to believe you. I, I think this would be a cool story, and maybe I'm just being stubborn in my belief that Tom Brady, that, that father time, who who is undefeated, you know, we need realize. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, Tom Brady's fended him off a lot longer than most guys, but but in the end, he is he's undefeated. What I'm worried about more than anything is I think we can probably all agree, Rick, that, that Tom Brady, you know, obviously his, his mind hasn't gone and he's got a tremendous football mind in what he can do in the pocket. I'm worried about physical limitations in terms of arm strength and getting the ball downfield. And what I'm having a hard time picturing, and maybe this is a Jameis Winston thing and not a Bruce Arians thing, and, and I think that's what we're going to find out early on. But that was a downfield, way downfield, take chances type of offense with Chris God Godwin and especially Mike Evans. 
now you bring in a Tom Brady who I'm not convinced can get the ball 40, 50 yards downfield. Can those wide receivers, as great as they are, execute a game plan that that quick, quick read, quick throw, three yards from the line of scrimmage, things that Tom Brady does well, can those players execute that? And that's really not a Bruce Arians offense. Can he create that offense to to fit into Tom Brady's scheme? And that's what I'm not convinced of. What the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do, what Bruce Arians has historically done, doesn't really line up so much with what Tom Brady's, I believe, his his physical abilities are at this point, and really anything he's done since Randy Moss left New England. If you think about it, those were the only years it was really wide open and downfield for Tom Tom Brady were in those Randy Moss years. That's It just doesn't – I don't know if it's the weird helmet and the weird uniform and him not looking right in that. It just doesn't look like it matches up to me. I understand what you're saying. I, I think what I said there, when I think they're going to help each other and meld together well, I think you're going to see kind of like a combination of the New England um, offense with, with Brady, obviously, a lot of the short dump-offs to running backs. Tight end's going to be significant. Consequently, now where they're starting to eat up chunks of yards this way instead of relying on the deep ball, now all of a sudden the Chris Godwins and, and Mike Evans are open downfield, and maybe it's not 45 yards. Maybe it's 30 yards. But still, that's, that, that once they have the ball in space, and, and Brady, I mean, look, he's still accurate. When it, when it comes to, you know, the pinpoint passing as opposed to your Jared Goffs and so forth. I think when if you hit a Godwin or an Evans in stride 30 yards down the field, you're still eating up significant chunks of yardage. Oh, absolutely. It, that's where I think it is going to, you know, blend in well. I mean, the running backs are going to be more used. The, the tight end is going to be – much more significant, I feel, in the offense. And yeah. and time will tell. Yeah, we'll find out now, you know, going back to our fantasy days. This is a discussion we've had the last two off seasons. Is O.J. Howard that dude? You're going to find out this year because he Tom Brady's going to be looking his way from a physical standpoint, boy, he is the prototype of what a Tom Brady would want right. and a Tom Brady offense would, would go through. But he's had a little trouble with the dropsies. You've all seen the memes, I'm sure, on Twitter if you're a football fan. So I think he's going to be the most important part of this. So I, I'll, I'll do this. I think you're on record saying Tampa Bay wins this division. Tom Brady, you know, he isn't Tom Brady at 2007, but he's still Tom Brady. I'm predicting disaster is an overstatement at this point. But I think Tampa Bay's still 8-8. Eight and eight. Tom Brady looks old here. I think maybe he comes out hot. You know, doesn't it just feel like that first game he's going to throw for 375, four touchdowns and no picks, and we're all going to light our hair on fire and celebrate the, the uh, cosmic greatness that is Tom Brady. But I think you see a slow and steady decline throughout the season, and I am predicting a breakdown in the Tom Brady-Bruce Arians relationship as well. I don't know why. That just doesn't feel like a fit to me, and so I'm bold. Mark it here. If I'm wrong, we ignore it. If I'm right, we play it over and over again. That's my plan. Well, of course, and if I'm right, we'll play that one over and ignore it, you know, everything else, but 
Okay. You're predicting like an eight and eight, maybe nine and seven type of season. Okay. Obviously just by, and it's way too early to be predicting, but just the, the smell test, New Orleans is over top of them, correct? Easily, I think. Yeah. Okay, now we're getting into the meat of it. Where do you where do you see them? Okay, we have Carolina really tank last year. Cam Newton's out. Teddy Bridgewater's in. Basically, CMC. We don't have any idea how this offense is going to work and, and how good the defense is. Do you see them better in Carolina? Yeah, they're they're better than I think Carolina. Okay, how about Atlanta it. now? Another team that really just bombed last year. Still has Matt Ryan, still has Julio Jones. Um, you know, they've gotten rid of Devontae Freeman. They're kind of overhauling a little bit. But, you know, wh- where are they? They're second, third? I still, for the life of me, cannot explain or understand why Atlanta was so bad last year. When you look at the – offensive weapons and the names on defense. I don't know anything about right. the scheme, anything like that. I have no explanation for why Atlanta was so bad, except for the fact that every other year, Atlanta stunned you by winning 12 games and the following year stunned you equally by winning four games. It's just Atlanta. I can't explain it. I expect them to be back. You know, they're going to have, going to have a, you know, a nice, mix of draft picks coming in that offense is still an absolute juggernaut i i got atlanta second for me this is new orleans this is atlanta this is tampa bay at eight and eight and i think carolina is going to be bad as awesome as a human interest story was with teddy bridgewater and what he did in new orleans last year he was in new orleans last year he had a really good cast a super bowl worthy team you know, I don't know yet. I hope he is because, boy, he's easy to root for. He's coming back from that injury and just seems like a really good guy. But I don't think he's the type of quarterback that throws a team up on his shoulders and, and, and wins a, a, a tight division or, or really makes a run with a with a mediocre a mediocre roster outside of Christian McCaffrey and, and those receivers. Well, 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 and that's the key. And I mean, that's a perfect segue into really our next move is Teddy Bridgewater to Carolina. Actually, the same division, but you know, last year he was five and zero with New Orleans. He was one hundred and thirty three for one hundred and ninety six, which is about sixty eight percent completion rate. Uh, about almost 1,400 yards passing, nine touchdowns. You know, he just had a phenomenal year. But again, like you said, a totally different cast of characters. That was a very good team. And now he's not so much. They're, they're, other than, you know, McCaffrey, he's really the only proven weapon on that whole offense, really. If you think about it, Greg Olson's gone. Um, of course, you have Samuel in, in that cast, but the defense really is the suspect part of it. And can Bridgewater, in your mind, can he carry this offense enough to keep up with what this defense may give up? No, and, and I think the problem is it's kind of what I was saying about Tom Brady is it almost feels like a – a poor fit, you, you know what I mean? You you figure Teddy Britt, now anybody with Michael Thomas in, in New Orleans lo- looks really good, but kind of what a perfect fit. So so it's almost a nice inline, if not an upgrade, going from, you know, Alvin Kamara 
to, to Christian McCaffrey. They do the same type of things, and at least for last year, Christian McCaffrey did it better. So I think that part of the offense works. But you look at it's, it's sort of the emergence of more at wide receiver, right? Right. And Samuel, both, again, kind of downfield threats. You know, Teddy Bridgewater doesn't push the ball much. What was his average? Like six and a half air yards? You know I hate that uh, I hate <laughs> yeah, that, that stat. that is like my – Oh, I hate that yeah, but, stat. But the point is, and I might have just made that number up. I, I don't know. But the point is, he's not a push-it-down-the-field type of guy. When you have a Michael Thomas, he isn't a push-it-down-the-field type of guy either. He's a type of let your back foot hit the ground, get it within six and a half miles of Michael Thomas. He's going to catch every single one of them and run forever. I don't know that more. I don't know that Samuel's that guy. To your point, they don't have the tight end. Look, there wasn't a big name brand tight end in New Orleans. Yeah, Cook was good. He he was I, but I just I can't see him repeating that. It doesn't feel like a good fit in Carolina outside the McCaffrey, who everybody's a good fit. But the, it's bad for those receivers. You know, I feel myself dipping back into our old world here with the fantasy. You know, it's I don't think it's good for those guys. And again, he's a good solid quarterback but on a team that's got a lot of problems i he's not that put put a team on his back and lead them to the promised land in a division that now has drew Brees, matt ryan and oh yeah tom brady too look he's a great story i don't think he's that dude i hope i hope i'm wrong but i don't think that's the case yeah i, I tend to agree actually rick i mean look last year was a great story but he was on new orleans he was Drew Brees' backup. Nobody was paying attention to Teddy Bridgewater when they were preparing for the New Orleans Saints. Right. Well, yeah. after five games, now Drew Brees comes back. Well, teams are preparing for Teddy Bridgewater now. And, oh, by the way, a much less talented Carolina offense. I tend to agree with you. I think this is a last-place team in that division, and they have quite a ways to go. But – that being said, I actually think that he is going to be an upgrade at quarterback. And I, I'll tell you why. I think, number one, I think they'll have more confidence in him. I think he is a, a positive leader. You know, everything that he's been through and so forth, I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to have a positive effect on him. And, and while we're on this, we'll just go to um, – one of the main free agents in the NFL right now is Cam Newton. And I'm going to run a little opinion, I guess, by you. And you tell me if I'm just an idiot or, or you agree with me or what, because, you know, Cam Newton is, or I don't know, was a great talent, you know, but we all know what separated him from and actually elevated him. And that was his legs, the ability to run. He's coming off that Liz Frank surgery, not to mention the multitude of previous injuries. And the most recent one that I can think of is Maurice Jones-Drew, who came off that Liz Frank breakage, and I think he had surgery. Before that injury, Maurice Jones-Drew averaged 4.7 yards a carry and around 1,135, 36 yards per season. After the injury, he was gone in two years, averaged 3.2 yards a carry. Just couldn't do it any longer. Cam Newton's ability to run is what kept um, teams, you know, it, it, 
I, in my mind, is keeping teams away from even looking at him right now because if he cannot run, he's no better than a mediocre backup in my mind. I know that may not be a popular take, but I'm sorry. His leadership's always been suspect. His accuracy is suspect. He's under 60% for his career in completion percentage. And if that Liz Frank isn't 100%, what do you have? Well, and I think that's what it has to come down to at this point, right? All right. It made sense that there wasn't much of a trade market for, for a Cam Newton. He, he was going to be expensive. He's coming off injuries. There were question marks there. So the, the lack of a trade market, given the NFL and what it is, made all the sense in the world. What I'm stunned by is we are well over a week now, Rick, since you could have him for a ham sandwich. And I don't know what his contract demands are, but you don't have to give up anything in terms of draft picks or anything. And there still doesn't seem to be much of a market for him. That tells me more than anything. The other thing that I think is telling, going back even before all this, is they got rid of Ron Rivera. And at the time, I thought, all right, that kind of brings makes me think, you know, where this kind of ownership saying, all right, we're going to take Cam Newton's side here because I think it was never public. I feel like there was a rift there. Didn't you always get that vibe? Even though I don't know that anything was ever reported, they didn't seem to jive necessarily. So yeah, I'm not sure Riverboat Ron bought into the Superman gimmick. To be honest with yeah, you, there, there and... was just something didn't feel right with that relationship. Right. So, I mean, you know, look, Rivera was there when Steve Smith was there. And, and Steve Smith was cocky, brash, but he was a team guy. When he left, boy, I tell you what, a lot of that left that team in my mind. And I think Cam Newton should have taken that team on his shoulders. I've said this in a million times on previous episodes of our shows here and there and i think that really is one thing that rivera didn't buy into and cam newton wasn't bigger than the team right and and, and that's where I'm, I'm at on him yeah so so sort of when i look at that and then so you lose that, and then, like I said, with his availability, that tells me there's legitimate concerns. And, and you're right. He's never been an accurate quarterback. He, he, he's he been pretty good, you're right, as a thrower. We're pretty good, maybe even above average at his best. You were only a few years removed, Rick, from, from him just lighting the league on fire, winning an MVP and leading leading that team to, to a Super Bowl. However, all of that going on, it just makes you wonder. And I think there are questions uh, about his leadership or, or his mindset or something. And then now the fact that he's twisted out there and, and nobody's even kicking on kicking the tires. Look, I don't know what his contract demands are. And I know he's not going to go anywhere and agree to be the backup. That, that being said, if I'm the Chargers, if I'm – Oakland, you know, I know they brought in Mariota, but Vegas now, I guess, not Oakland anymore. If I'm a team with a question mark there, I'm still kicking the tires. He's still probably better than a lot of the starting quarterback play we're going to see in this league. I don't know what a good landing spot is. I know – I keep wanting to say San Diego. I know the Chargers want to draft. I assume it's Herbert. You know, they're going to bring in a rookie – but this that they keep talking about, you know, Tyrod Taylor, they're they're good to go with that. 
that that's weird. And if you're willing to make that statement, even getting ready to bring a rookie in, boy, it, it speaks volumes about where the league is with Cam Newton right now. There, there's even more than we know. Oh, I agree 100%. I mean, this is a team that is willing to let Phil Rivers go, and we're going with Tyrod Taylor at least for a year till we get the quarterback that we want in. And if they're good with Tyrod Taylor, who I'm not sure, I don't know if that is such a bad decision when Cam Newton is the only other option. Jameis Winston, I, I would give the nod to to be an upgrade to Taylor. But I'm not so sure with Newton. And I've never been a great Cam Newton fan. I've always thought he was a, a fabulous um, athlete and weapon. But these injuries, and that Liz Frank, they have me really wondering what teams are seeing. And like you said, with contract demands too, if he's pricing himself out of the market, yeah, it, we don't even know what's going on behind the scenes that way. Yeah, I mean, I would have to think, not knowing anything about the contract aspect of it, I think he would likely be unwilling to sign to be anybody's backup. So, But we can play that game, though. Where is he starting? Okay, we can say, okay, legitimately, okay, he could start as a Chargers quarterback. Okay? Right. Um, but I'm trying to think. New it, England? I mean, I'm not talking personality fit. perhaps, but, but I don't see that. I don't see that transpiring. Yeah, you're right. Jacksonville, maybe, but they're committed to, to Gardner Minshew. Yeah, but how committed um, could you be? To, how committed could you be to a guy named Gardner Minshew? I mean, I, I look a name's a name. It, it doesn't really matter when it comes to that. But other than those, I mean, Chicago made their move. They got Nick Foles in there. We talked about that last week. Um, who else? You know, obviously Carolina is, is moving on from him and, and brought in Teddy Bridgewater. Um, nobody's really clamoring for Winston or Newton. Uh, Rivers went to Indianapolis. Indianapolis thought Phil, a 38-year-old Phil Rivers would be better than a Cam Newton. That, at 31 so that's the stunner right there I, I think it, I mean look what it comes down to if he's insisting on a starting job it's really down in my mind to the Chargers to the Patriots to the Jaguars you know the Raiders could do something wacky like it you want to talk about a limited limited scope Very of limited. where he can go so I think it becomes legitimately possible that he either and, has and to sign as a backup or retire one or the other and you're a GM okay and you're gonna you're sitting there talking to the head coach or whatever and say well okay be it whoever it is Jacksonville the Raiders whoever you know, I'm not real crazy, Rick, about this quarterback. And are basically our options are Cam Newton and Jameis Winston. Both both are, are sharing interest in our team. I know as a GM, I'd be looking at Jameis Winston a lot harder than Cam Newton. Yeah, he had the 30 picks last year, but let's face it, what are you doing over there? It's not like you're tearing the place apart. But um, I don't even hear it. Am I making noise? Oh, apparently, yeah. I don't know. Unless you got rats running around, you didn't hear them. I don't know. Well, I did stir but, some stuff up when I re revamped the studio. Well, that's so that's a good knows? point. But as a GM, I'm looking at, at a Jameis Winston who's not beat up, who's not coming off foot surgery, who is not afraid. I mean, look, 
Brett Favre was revered as a gunslinger. Jameis Winston right now is the gunslinger of the league with a little refinement. Give me him over Cam Newton any day. Oh, I, I can. That's the one that, that befuddles me. I get the Cam Newton thing. I, I really, really do. Now, look, if I'm the Chargers, if I'm the Jaguars, I'd happily take Cam Newton. Why there isn't a market for Jameis Winston, I, I find stunning. Not only if I had a clear hole at the quarterback position, like a New England, like a Chargers, irregardless of the Minshew thing, like the Jaguars, and I'm going to throw in the Raiders, and I'm going to throw in the Bears, and any team that had a question mark at the quarterback position, I would be moving heaven and earth to get this kid in because I'll guarantee you he's going to come into camp and beat out you know, even these mid-level, these question mark kind of starters. I don't get this. I-, I saw something. God, I wish I'd written it down, Rick. I just saw it yesterday quickly, and it didn't register with me till after. But there was a list of it was Jameis Winston and oh the the kid in Arizona the the quarterback uh, uh, yeah Murray no before Murray uh, any uh, Drew, Drew Stanton or I don't know my my mind just went blank but there was a list of three or four quarterbacks and it went back to Andrew Luck in Indianapolis who had, you know, high interception numbers in their first year. It was all under Bruce Arians. Part of what Bruce Arians does, which is, again, why I questioned the fit with Tom Brady, his quarterbacks become a little turnover prone. He, he's he's kind of the gunslinger type of coach, you, you know what I mean? So I think Jameis Winston with proper coaching, we know he's got the physical tools. You know he can get the ball downfield. You know he can throw for a lot of touchdowns. If you get the right coach helping him with decision-making, I don't know, maybe some guy who wears a hoodie and looks like a troll under a bridge. Boy, you'd think you could win a lot of football games with that guy. I don't know what's going on with Jameis Winston. Do you think that Tom Brady, of course, is a buccaneer? Do you think there's a possibility when everything's all said and done and the dust settles, Jameis Winston says, yeah, okay, I'll back him up for a couple of years and is still a buccaneer? You think they'd bring him back? I mean, all Bruce Arians. Nobody done, else has signed him. All Bruce Arians done is talk junk on him, you know, subtly ever since I, they let him go. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's one of those things that, you know, stranger things have happened in the NFL. I mean, it's just something to throw out there. But I'm going to put something new, and I'm going to put a negative spin on it because that's, that's what, what you do. do. Yeah, you're a evil, but, angry man. <laughs> I, I tend to disagree. I, I am just totally positive. But you have a quarterback that – Passed for almost 3,000 yards, which is not a whole lot in this day and age. 18 touchdowns, but only six picks. And you bring in um, a 38-year-old quarterback that has had a multitude of talent as you tear whatever studio you have left down again. I don't hear all this. I think it's... It's well, the voices in your listen, head again. You'll listen to the show because you're just knocking stuff all over. Probably not. Anyway, I don't li- this show's terrible. I don't a, listen to it. <laughs> you have a 38-year-old quarterback that has had a multitude of talent over the last few years and has failed ba- to make the playoffs most of the time. Now you bring him in 
as this is the guy that's going to throw the Colts over the top and Phil Rivers? Uh, I don't see it. Uh, I didn't get that one either. Again, if I was the Colts, now it, that, that ship has sailed. But if I was the Colts, you knew Jameis Winston was going to hit the market. If they, I assume they were in on the Tom Brady deal. When that didn't work out, I'd have been laser-focused on Jameis Winston. I, I truly would have. Yeah, I don't get the Phil Rivers deal. Look, he's been a really, really good – I don't want to say great, but he's been a really, really good quarterback for a long time in this league. We've seen a steady decline. You, you talk about with Tom Brady, lack of weapons around him. You can't say that about Phil Rivers and that offense out in San Diego at the time. Look, he dealt with a lot of injuries, you know, a lot of talented guys getting injured. But you're right. They, they were always just good enough to get – upset in the playoffs or just missed the playoffs by a game on, on New Year's weekend. I just don't know. You look, that team, I guess here's the thought process, and we just disagree that he's the guy to do that. The thought process is you look at that roster up and down, and you look at that division they play, and that division's always up for grabs. They feel like with the roster they have, and I may agree, you know, you're the quarterback away for being able to make a legitimate run in a, in a softer AFC than, than what the NFC is right now. It's just when has Philip Rivers shown he can take a team deep into the playoffs and into the Super Bowl? Oh yeah, it's never happened. I, I agree. And look, he had look. Put it in context. Gardner, Gardner Minshew. Yeah, you got Minshew James, on the mind. Jameis Winston led the league last year with around fifty-one hundred yards. He was the only five thousand yard passer last year. Phil Rivers passed for over 4,600 yards. But the thing that really gets me, 23 touchdowns in only in 20 picks, that's not very good. No, I'd have to check, but I think you're probably accurate with that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that is, to me is, I mean, that is volumes in where we're at with Phil Rivers now. And we, we've seen him... Look, and you know me, I was a Charger apologist the last couple of years. I knew, just knew that, you know, with Keenan Allen and Rivers and Gordon and everybody else was going to mesh and they were going to take that division. I said they were going to beat Kansas City out last year. And God, that was a stupid prediction because Phil Rivers looked terrible. I'm he sorry. He really did. And he was yelling and screaming. And look, he's a. A team guy, I get it, I, and he, I think he's a, a great quarterback. Um, Hall of Fame worthy, I'm not sure yet. You know, a lot of people like to hang Super Bowls on, you know, as a prerequisite to get into the Hall of Fame. But you can throw his stats up against Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, you know, the guys that went with him in that same career. But it just doesn't seem like at any time in the clutch, Phil Rivers has stepped up like those other two did. Right. And I think, you know, you don't want to just just wrap Super Bowls around it. I, I tend to agree with that. But it seems universally with that that group of three, they'll always be together being in that draft class. It's universally accepted that Ben Roethlisberger's getting in. And then they talk about Philip Rivers and Eva, Eli Manning being on the fringe, being on the fringe, you know, being a question mark. 
if you're only going to take one of them with that similar a career, you're going to take the cat with two Super Bowls and one that beat the undefeated Patriots in the Super Bowl in the biggest. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, yeah. Once beat undefeated and beat right. him twice. So, yeah, I don't think Phillip has – he's got a chance in that regard unless, you know, I don't know, we go back to – he magically takes the Colts to the Super Bowl championship at 38. Then he walks in. Might but be. until then, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just I, – I don't see it. So, so what do you think, Rick, about look, – looking at the Raiders, we've mentioned them with a couple of these – these uh, well, with, with Newton in Winston here. You bring in a Marcus Mariota, which, which seemed like – I guess it would be a nice move for a backup, but you know there's not a ton of love there. For, for Derek Carr, do you think they're done? Do you think they're happy? Are they looking at Marcus Mariota as the quarterback of the future? That, that move, that befuddled me that Marcus Mariota got signed and Cam Newton and Jameis Winston are still out there and Andy Dalton's going to be out there soon. Well, I think you hit it right on the head, Rick. If they were done with David Carr, Jameis Winston or Cam Newton or even Andy Dalton, as you mentioned, would be the, on that team right now. I think they're that he's there solely for a backup position, quite frankly. You know, I conversely, I think Cleveland made a more significant backup signing in Case Keenum. Now, we saw what he did with Minnesota a couple of years ago. And, and the vitriol that, that poor old um, Baker Mayfield, you know, had last year with all the commercials and, and we're so wonderful and they ended up whatever it was, seven and nine. Um, I think that's a nice insurance policy in Cleveland. But to your point back in, in I guess, what is it? Vegas. Now, Vegas. Now, I don't think they're up on they're They've given up on car because if they did, I think one of those other guys would be in camp right now. Yeah, it's, it's, it was an interesting. I don't know. It it just seemed odd. So I I think the biggest thing you know, kind of remaining with this, and we can move on. I don't know if you have anything else. Hell, there ain't much else to talk about. But uh, what what's going to happen in New England? You know, what what are they going to do? You know, you're going to have a low draft pick again. You're not going to get one of these big names. Do we see a surprise at some point with a Newton, with a Winston, with a Dalton getting signed by New England? Do we think? Do we think Bill Belichick is, I don't know, maybe he's right. I don't know nothing about the guy, but arrogant enough to walk into this season saying that Stidham's my guy and Brian Hoyer is, you know, going to be the good veteran backup. Boy, it just feels crazy. It really does. Yeah, it does. And uh, I don't know, to to wonder what New England's thinking, it kind of reminds me of going back to the, to the 86 Masters when – you know, the announcer, Jack Nichols, walked up to the 16th tee and says, you know, to Tom Weiskopf, what's Jack thinking right now? And Tom Weiskopf says, if I knew what he was thinking, he wouldn't have beat me so many times. <laughs> so we, we don't know what they're thinking. And, yeah, as of right now, all the cards that, that they're showing is just exactly what you said. But it could be an 11th hour signing for all we know. Um, Andy Dalton seems to be a logical uh, choice for me in New England. They, We've had Tom Brady for 20 years. He's never run the football. Andy Dalton's not a runner. He's a pocket passer. Fits more into that scheme in my mind. 
But who knows? I, I don't know. I mean, it would not surprise me to see Andy Dalton as a Patriot before the season starts. Yeah, the, that that one seems logical on, only in this. You know what I mean? So, so obviously, Newton and or Winston would go there in a heartbeat. And they'd probably go there for, for less money than other players. I, I assume if they think they could play under under that regime that, that is Bill Belichick. So there's a couple of things at play. I think, number one, Belichick wants to take the next one, right? He thought he had it in Garoppolo, and that didn't end up working out because Tom Brady didn't retire in time. I think he wants to say, look at this. I'm going to go win a couple with this Stidham character, too. And I think the other thing you see is, and why Andy Dalton makes sense, is Cam Newton, he's a celebrity, right? And Jameis Winston, he's flashy in, in the picks and the exciting and, and down the field. I don't think, as great as Tom Brady was and is, I don't think he ever, sh- ever was a threat to overshadow the, the the greatness of Bill Belichick or overshadow him as the, the key figure in New England, where I think, you know, you bring in a Winston and a Newton, that creates that distraction. I'm doing the air quote thing that, that NFL coaches hate, and specifically a Bill Belichick. I think, you know, maybe he ends up being right. God, you, you lose a lot of money. You spend much time questioning Bill Belichick's decision-making. But I think you, you kind of saw it come to a head this year where I'm not going to replace Gronk. I'm not going to bring in any of these big names. We're going to do it the Patriot way. The The standard doesn't change. You know, we're going to bring in anybody, and we're still going to win. And it kind of caught up with them. You know, I, I mean, caught up with them with an, what, 11, 12-win season. But, right. you know, and I think he, he's going to go down with the ship doing things his way. I don't think you see a Newton or a Winston there. Dalt would make sense, right? He's just vanilla enough. He'll come in, do what he's told, and – probably be a backup you know eventually Stidham will somehow get some get some snaps I don't that one's fascinating to me look Matt Castle is 11 and 5 Dalton's better than Matt Castle correct I I mean I I really I really think if I think Andy Dalton's intelligent enough to pick up the offense you know of, of Bill Belichick I agree with you I Bill Belichick reminds me so much of like Vince Lombardi Chuck Noll it is team first there's no this individuality like a lot of teams, you know, like to have in, in the 2020 with all the social media and so forth. They don't like it. So I think Dandy Dalton certainly makes the most sense. Jameis Winston, yeah, he's flashy. He's exciting. But you know what? 30 picks doesn't excite Bill Belichick at all. And I d- don't even think he would ever be in it. Cam Newton's got great hats, but he has bad feet, <laughs> and he's not going to fit into New England. I mean, it, it's Andy Dalton, or it's going to be Stidham and the rest of the crew there. Yeah, it's uh, that's going to be the one to watch. Who knows? They might end up making a trade, and Patrick Mahomes could be there by the time the draft's over. You just never know what they're going to do. They have been indicating, at least on social media and some of those other things, that New England has expressed interest in Deshaun Watson. I don't see that ever happening, quite frankly. I mean, look, we know uh, franchise quarterbacks are few and far between. I can't imagine Houston letting Deshaun Watson go. I mean, they just let Hopkins go. 
But Bill O'Brien may be dumb enough to let him go. I, I have no idea. And but, I honestly think that's where that speculation comes from, is it's just now been so universally accepted that Bill O'Brien's an absolute boob <laughs> that he would make that move. I, I, th- I honestly right. believe that's all it is. Because there seems to be the notion that now there's, we're going to be talking about tanking for Trevor Lawrence next year. And uh, I don't know. that I can't see New England doing it. That would make the most sense. You know, go with Jared Stidham, win four games and then they get Trevor Lawrence and the reign of terror goes on another 20 years but I I don't see New England losing that many games so wow we beat that to death that was pretty good Rick 52 minutes of that nonsense you got anything else anything whatsoever (laughs) wait a minute okay let's you know we're talking in the world of sports let's see golf shut down baseball shut down uh hockey shut down College basketball shut down. The NBA shut down. NASCAR shut down. Soccer shut down. I think darts are shut down. Um, Not a whole lot going on, is there? No, it's kind of hard. That's what I want to ask you as a former, I hope I get your title right, you know, golf course superintendent. Obviously, the yeah. Masters has been postponed, hasn't been canceled as of yet, with talks right. of playing it in the fall. It's not going to be the same course, is it? How after a Southern Georgia summer in the fall conditions, how much di- if it happens? How much difference different does the Masters look? Well, it depends on the time frame. I had not heard that, but if you are in the fall, you will be just fine because it will be cool enough where the greens, which are uh, cool season bent grass, they'll they'll be fine. They're not going to be frying like we saw the PGA in mid-August out in St. Louis and right. Shoal Creek and so forth like that, trying to keep bent grass alive. So you're going to be fine. They'll probably just overseed early with ryegrass because what we see in the spring at Augusta National is ryegrass overseeded on the base terse of Bermuda grass, which grows during the summer months and goes dormant in the wintertime. So they'll overseed with um, – Bent grass, or excuse me, ryegrass early, or bent grass, or whatever the hell they use at Augusta. They got their, you got a pockets deeper than anybody. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean they will be fine in the fall. You don't have to worry about that, and it will be just as pristine as ever. Except you won't see the azaleas in full bloom, like you always see, like on twelve, Amen Corner, you know, twelve and thirteen, and so forth. The azaleas are just stunning, you know, the whole length of the field or the the course in behind the greens and so forth. You won't see the color in the fall. But other than that, the course will be playing just like Augusta National. So it'll play the same. That's what I'm wondering about. So, So it'll play the same way. Yep. But I don't know. I'm I'm more and more as we go on get into the mind that that's not going to happen. You'd think if something came back, golf would be one of the first things to come back, even if it comes back without crowds. So I hope that happens. So so I I'd be. But see, I can see where it starts. Okay, you look at Augusta last year, Rick. What if they happen to say, okay, well, you know, golf's kind of like a distant thing, and Tiger Woods is leading again. There ain't nobody six feet apart. No, I well, guarantee you. No, they'd almost have to, you know, do it with no fans if we still have to, you know, do do this whole 
through this whole six feet business. You know what would be interesting to see is if they did do this thing in September or October. You know, I, I think they were looking at August, I, I thought, initially, but things are changing so fast. Right. If they did this thing in September and October, I would – first of all, I don't know how you do it because CBS has the NFL and the Masters is probably – it probably goes, what, for CBS, the NFL, the NCAA tournament, and the Masters number three – who, where that thing would air and what the viewership would look like. They'd almost have to do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday or something to make it work. Yeah, but let's not forget this is Augusta National. These guys aren't going to do anything on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. This, this is the Masters. We have billions of dollars in our pockets. We're old money. We could care less. And you remember um, they used to have the Travelers and – Cadillac were the only sponsors, and we only have minimum advertisements right. and so forth. I look, I mean, it, you're dealing with the juggernaut of the NFL against the smugness of the Masters, which is extremely popular as well. I don't know how it would work out either, quite frankly. I, I wouldn't want to be in, in charge of CBS. I don't see why they don't do it without fans, to be honest with you. You're playing in twos. Um, you can have the caddy wear rubber gloves for crying out loud and touch the pin. That's basically the only thing you have to touch, right? And I, I don't know why it can't be played without gallery. My God, they're still doing WWE in empty arenas. Right. It's you, difficult to watch, yeah. but at least it's on. You, you know what it is, and this is what – if anything, you know, look, it's it sounds bad to say anything's irritating, you know, with, with the, right. the bigger issues going on in the world. But it kind of goes back to my point at the top of the show, Rick, with, with kind of the virtue signaling. There is no reason they couldn't do it that way. There's no reason NASCAR couldn't be running races. It's right. all about the, in one term, I'm tired of hearing, but this is what it is. It's all about the optics of this thing. We're going on and millionaires are, are providing services to, to the billionaire network executives and with the what's going on in the world, it's bad optic. That's all it is. And I think it's ridiculous. I think there would be, especially in golf, and I, I brought up NASCAR, there would be things you could do to make that safe and provide a much needed relief to people like me who are obviously interested in nothing else in the rest of the sports watching country at, at large, but it's the optics. This is so terrible. I'm tired of hearing that. But that's the thing. Is it bad optics if you're actually providing a distraction to obviously a stressed out populist? I wouldn't think, but what do I know? I'm, I'm not. I mean, I would enough. love to sit on a Sunday and watch Tiger Woods go head to head with Bubba Watson or, or Rory McIlroy down 15, 16, 17, 18 at Augusta, even if there's nobody in the gallery. Right. If it was on television, it would still be damned exciting. Hell, cut the field in half and have them play in groups of one. I I know that's not a group. I didn't know what to call it, though. You know, have them play individually. So it's him and his caddy and a couple of rules officials and two cameramen following anything. How close are – I mean, they play in pairs at Augusta now. How close are you? I mean, it's you're not close at all. You can stand eight feet apart on the team. Yeah, it'd be pretty so. easy to do. 
Exactly. All right, Rick. Well, we pulled off another one. It's a miracle. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Uh, hope everybody stays safe. Of course, go ahead and check out everything at 12 Ounce Sports, 12OunceSportsNetwork.com, at 12OZ Sports on Twitter. And, of course, follow your boys at Asylum Football on Twitter. Just don't don't virtue signal or I'll block you. I've been on a bit of a streak. And, of course, it's just sports123 at gmail.com. If there's anything you want us to talk about, we's open to suggestions right now. Please do. All right. So thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, we'll see you. Take care.